Welcome to Under the Water Tower, a production of Fellowship Baptist Church, located in Marble Falls, deep in the beautiful Texas Hill Country. Join Fellowship's staff and leadership while they explore, study, and discuss Bible passages. Here are your hosts, pastors Joni Wallach, Misty Grimm, Daryl Fishbeck, and lead pastor Dr. Jamie Greening. So the question eternal is, why is it called fasting? when it goes so slow. Uh, It seems like that when you're fasting, time stops. It's forever between meals that you're not eating, but now you feel it even more. Um, It's brutal. Uh, Welcome to Spiritual Disciplines 101 with the staff of Fellowship Baptist Church. And Season 6. Season 6. We made it to Season 6. Season 6. I thought for sure Good they would have canceled us by now. No. I don't think they can cancel a podcast. I don't think that works that way. I've been ignoring those emails. <laughs> <laughs> the cease and desist ones? They can't stop us. Those one-star ratings get deleted. Oh, if you, if you have one-star ratings, <laughs> we don't want to hear from you. The uh, So we've uh, kind of decided to f- basically do what we did with Christmas a little bit. And if you haven't listened to those, don't do it now. It makes no sense. It's It's... The wrong time of year but tell your iphone or whatever mobile device you use to remind you next thanksgiving to start listening mm-hmm. to the christmas podcast we hey recorded. siri <laughs> oops mine came on <laughs> <laughs> i thought you were smarter than that wow you brought your phone into the podcast room of course i always do that's because he has to google me during real time to this make sure is that true I'm where not. do you think i gotta answer all my get all my so those from. the during Advent season we did topics loosely related to that holiday uh, of Christmas and of Advent, We're sort of doing the same thing this year leading up for season six to Easter and during the season of Lent, covering spiritual disciplines and we start with fasting. And before we do that, I know we have our normal five listeners, but we may accidentally have picked up a six. Should we introduce ourselves, or are we going to assume that everyone knows who we are, or does it really matter? Uh, well, it doesn't mm. It doesn't matter, but maybe we should mm. do it anyway. Now, I think Kelly gives us some sort of introduction. She introduces the podcast, probably says our names. I don't remember now. It's been a while since I've edited that. Mm, I'm pretty sure she does. I think she could, all of our names. We should change our names. <laughs> we should introduce uh, I'm, ourselves I'm to different people. I'm Daryl. <laughs> so we're going to talk all about Enneagrams, hey, Harry Potter. <laughs> I hadn't said anything yet. And smoothies. And smoothies. Spinach smoothies. Macaroni and cheese Chocolate smoothies. Chips. All right. Sorry, so, I interrupted uh, you. Fasting. Spiritual so, disciplines. Yeah. You see how this thing runs. <laughs> so fasting Chaos. is the topic. And I just want to let's begin with where we're at this morning. I thought that what we could do is we... For, for the record, we do not compare notes. We just come in here and see what happens. True. No, we were supposed to have notes. <laughs> well, yeah. The three of us bring notes. <laughs> Fishbeck wings I bring it. props. <laughs> <laughs> and snacks. The, um, I thought maybe we could group our discussion about fasting with a series of questions. Mm. Um, like the first question would be, what fasting is not? Mm. What is it not? Now that, um, do you, anyone have a, a different place to start than maybe that wonderful question? Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. I like it. So what is it not? A spiritual dieting plan. That's, that's, that was the second thing that I had on my list. Mm-hmm. It's not a spiritual. It's not weight loss get, for Christians. Uh, get mm-hmm. fit with Jesus. <laughs> yeah. 
Hmm. That's lots of things come to mind. I remember there was a curriculum like, or maybe there still is a curriculum for like weight loss for women in church. Way yeah. down? Was it called way yes, down? Yes. And I had it. I had all of them. I still, yeah, I had all of them. And um, that one. I wish you guys listening could see how excited she got <laughs> by that. Her I, eyes got big. Oh, collection. Burned them. Burn, baby, burn. <laughs> um, so, yes, and that one actually, there's a documentary about it, and it's a cult. Mm. Yeah. Oh, actually, I think I have crazy, seen that. Crazy, crazy stuff. Yes. She died in an airplane crash. Don't all cultists die? I thought she was terrible. still alive. No. It's conspiracy. Burn. You know what happens with all stop, just one. stop, just <laughs> stop now. I'm fasting from your conspiracy theories. Uh, so fasting is it not. It is not a time to um, boast about it. It's not to boost your ego. Mm, I think that's exactly right. It's no, not contest. Look at me. Look what I'm doing. I'm so strong <clears throat> and spiritual that. Which I've always worried about the ashes on Ash Wednesday on your forehead because yeah. Jesus is so clear. He says, don't disfigure your face mm-hmm. when you're fasting. And that's kind of a, the, mm-hmm. that's why I like the way we do it here. We, we, we do the ashes at night so that we kind of embrace the symbol of. Amongst ourselves. Amongst ourselves in covenant you, community. Yeah. But then we go home and take a shower, wash yeah. it off or whatever. But I also like the idea of leaving them on all day. You see some people walking around with the ashes on all day. And I kind of like that too because it makes you consider where you are in your spiritual journey and what that is all about. I think there, there's positives and negatives yeah. to both. But I really worry about making sure the whole world knows that I'm under a Lenten fast right, right. now. Right. That That's my personal concern. What do you mm-hmm. think about like... uh? the setup like ash station at the like local cafe yeah what it is not whatever <laughs> fasting is it is not something that you can just do a hit and run fasting to go right, right? Uh, can i get my ashes to go uh, can you biggie size my ashes i mean this just makes no sense to me uh and not at all and a fried side of ashes that's like a, I saw, I, I can't do it justice, but I saw a, a funny post where like a wife was showing him, she was making fun of her husband. She said, this is picture of her husband said, this is my husband. He commits every sin in the book for the next, but for the next six weeks, he won't eat meat because he's, I can't remember what, what it said, but it was like, because he's super spiritual or something like that. Hold that thought because we're going to come around to that later, or at least if I have any chance to get to what I want, really want to do this morning. So it's not weight loss. It's not, hey, look at me. Um, I think it's also not a get spiritual quick scheme. If, if you think that I can fast for 40 days and look at me now, I'm, I'm spiritual, that's, you, you've, you've no understanding of what you're messing with. That's like a toddler playing with an atomic bomb. Mm-hmm. It, it's not how that works. Well, I'm going to go ahead and give away my whole theme for today, the phrase in my mind about really for the whole series. When you're talking about spiritual disciplines, we can make them transactional or transformational. And I think that's the biggest difference between them is some people see them as I'm earning something, either from the church or from people or from God, or I'm stepping into something with the intent on allowing growth and transformation. Well, If the whole point of, of a fast or fasting is to humble ourselves, then everything we've just mentioned is completely opposite of humbling yourself. Absolutely. <laughs> it's look at me instead of here I am, Lord, you know. <clears throat> Fasting is not a work that we do mm-hmm. to get God to reward us for our performance. Right. 
which is so hard. I think I think evangelicals have a real problem with this anyway because everything we do is performance oriented. Mm-hmm. We like to blame. Um, we like to say that like Catholics, more mainline denominations are guilty of works righteousness with the way in which they view faith, mm-hmm. but we are no different. Just we just have a different, we just have a different work. So mm-hmm. if we, if we worship right and, or if we fast right mm-hmm. or we study the Bible right, then God will love us more. Mm-hmm. You, you know, can't I, approach <laughs> fasting like that at all. One of the biggest cognitive dissonances I had before I knew what that word Ooh, even meant big words. or phrase even meant was growing up and being under a pastor who constantly used the Catholic church as an example of, Phariseeism and religious works and stuff like that, but then would turn around and criticize the people who didn't come back for Sunday night church. Mm-hmm. Because if you really love Jesus, mm-hmm. you would come to Sunday school and that always s- works. Worship and <laughs> Sunday night. I'm not. I, you know, I, I'm not certain Jesus came ever to Sunday night church. Um, anyway, I digress. And that was for those of you youngsters out there. Back in the day, churches used to have Sunday I morning worship and do. Sunday night church. I think some, some do. still do. Yeah. Not good ones, but some do. <laughs> um, and there is a required nap in between. I still get a nap. That nap on Sunday afternoon still happens. Um, so, yeah, all, the, all those things are what fasting is not. Um, and I also think it's just not giving up something. Right? Mm-hmm. The idea I'm going to... G- Get, I, I, we use the word, it's a good word to describe what we're doing, but if you think about fasting as giving up something, then you've done it wrong. Mm-hmm. Anything else fasting is not? Before I hit the next question. I think on the giving up part, like a lot of times people are tempted to, okay, well, I'll give up Instagram, but I'm going to replace it with Facebook, or I'll give up uh, beef. Why are you looking at me like that? Because you said I did that last you year. You did do I don't remember doing that. You said I, I gave up Instagram but then started using TikTok. But I, I just, don't remember using TikTok this time last year. I just remember you started year. sending me a lot of TikTok videos <laughs> during Lent. Daryl's a Chinese spy. I didn't spy. call you out in the middle. Well... Okay, children, children, <laughs> focus. It's but a good thing you're way over focus. there. You're right, though. You're focus, right. focus, um, focus. But it is tempting for just for myself to give up. Okay, well, I'm going to give up chocolate, but I'm going to eat, you know, nerds every day or, you know. Some well, I would argue that in some regards, I understand exactly what you're saying, but one of the purposes of, one of the benefits of fasting is you can adopt new practices. So, for example, yeah. if you Yeah. <laughs> So, for example, if you were to say, I'm fasting from pop music. Let's say you have a real uh, addiction to pop culture, pop music. But what you do is you say, instead, I'm going to listen to classical music or jazz or bluegrass or some other genre when you're li- to enhance your... So you get a, a variety. I think that's okay. That's not the same thing as... Doing the same thing, but in a different way. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and if you think about the term breakfast, it's the idea of you've been sleeping all night, your body's been fasting, and so you're breaking the fast with breakfast. Um, I had a point. I was going somewhere with that. I don't remember what it was. If you made show notes, you would know. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it was something you said that just got me to thinking about, I think we get in our routines so often, and a fast is I'm going to break my routine and and maybe I'm in a rut and change it or replace it or something like you're saying I'm I'm not gonna listen to pop but I'm gonna listen stretch ourselves a little bit changes your focus Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it doesn't always have to be with food you know people think fast what food are you giving up and it doesn't always have to be with food it can be with anything that you know 
I think that's it takes. Is that your next question? Takes what, our time and fasting? our mind in the, yes. the place of our Jesus time. I do have a funny story about that. When I was a kid, I didn't understand any of this. And I was riding in the back of a pickup truck going from Lano to Blanco. From Lano to Blanco? After playing in a little For league. For those of you not here, it's spelled Yano. <laughs> you don't know. After a little league Blanco. baseball game. There's about eight of us in the back of this truck. Don't try that at home. And we all had stopped at the gas station. We were eating candy bars and junk food and all this. One kid was like not needing anything. He, and he said, well, I, I gave up candy bars for Lent. I said, really? That must be hard. And he goes, no, I'm allergic to chocolate. <laughs> ah, so it is. Meaningless. Like, um, yeah. Always the payday. Yeah. <laughs> payday that's delicious. delicious. There's no chocolates. That's caramel, yep. sweet, salty. Yep. It's making my teeth hurt. Just <laughs> well, you got the teeth issues. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, fasting is not just about food. Mm-hmm. I think that, you, well, what is fasting not? It's not just, just about food. Yeah. Uh, fasting is, if we follow the Jesus model, which we talked about Sunday in worship service, uh, Jesus was out in the wilderness and he was fasting, but he was also isolated and he was away from people mm-hmm. and all the distractions um, that, w- that go on. So fasting can be about minimizing those distractions. My second question, if we're going to group these around questions, is who should who should fast and who should not fast? Is there anyone who uh, specifically should fast? Well, if you're asking it in terms of positively, who should spiritual? Yeah, shouldn't everybody? Are are you all right? So now you down to the believers, non-believers? No, okay. So but because he's you're you're attacking here differently than I am. Let's go with the list of who should not fast. First on my list is children. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do not think that children should be fasting. Fasting from food, or Or are we talking strictly about food fast? Because like for me, I've had a really unhealthy. Um, relationship with food and I'm just now getting my mind around a lot of disordered eating and so I'm trying to untangle that and so fasting from food would, would that's be, triggering that's would bad be, yeah exactly so so Good someone um, uh, there's a there's a food issue or a health issue mm-hmm. uh, those people should not fast from food mm-hmm. um, um, but I think go back to the children aspect should children fast from food? Well, if the whole family say is gonna, we're, we're not gonna eat beef during this time period, or we're not gonna eat uh, meat during this time period, well, then by nature they're gonna in, be involved in the dinners that are planned, mm-hmm. the lunches that are planned. But I don't think it should be heavy handed upon them at that age. Mm-hmm. Children are not wired to fast. Right. Mm-hmm. They. they <laughs> I know, little six-year-old Timmy, <laughs> that you're a terrible sinner, retribute, <laughs> and horrible things, and that you pick your nose when no one's looking. And eat but, your burgers. But uh, we're going to fix that with the repentance and sin. So sit here in the worship center while we contemplate your death and my death yeah. and all of our death. Absolutely. Timmy, not. from ashes you came to ashes you shall go. And Timmy's just, I don't want to go to church. <laughs> Uh, that you understand. I I just think that's not. I think uh, you made a, a good a good clarification. I think if you're imposing on a kid, hey, you need to fast, and and they have no concept of understanding what's going on, and you're trying to force them into this shame, or whatever Jesus camp. Talk about another documentary. Um, but if you're doing it as a family, where it cre- we're all doing it together, and it creates opportunities for conversation and mm-hmm. teaching moments, I could see that being, like yeah. you're saying, a good thing where it's mm-hmm. participatory, but right. when it's kind of like, like imposed our Ash, upon our them. Like our Ash Wednesday service tonight, children are invited to come. It's children appropriate, 
but a lot of it is going to be over the children's heads and so that um gives opportunity for for conversations and for questions i'm all for that yeah but but the idea of imposing upon children a fast even like a a media fast i think it's just it's it doesn't make sense like punishment Mm -hmm. it's punishment and it's that's something you have to have a certain level of uh, mental development mm-hmm. to understand the fast aspect and yeah. so i just think children should not i also think people who are performing a ritual should not yeah and that goes back to the you know so much of the i'm a horrible person i'm not going to mm-hmm. repent but i'm gonna go through these motions you're performing mm-hmm. a ritual mm-hmm. if everyone else is doing it if it's just because the calendar has changed and now we're on this day now i'm going to go through the ritual i i just think you're better off if you don't mm-hmm. you just don't um and I think this is a good time to think about a fast, but it doesn't just have to be now, you know. I mean, yes, this is the time that collectively. Oh, if this is the only time you fast, you're in trouble. Right. Um, so, what would you call it instead of fasting? If you um, added things, would that still be a fast? To like me, it's still. I'm, 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 that's what I'm doing this year. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be fasting from some specific things, but I'm adding some aspects to my life. Um, it's still a fast. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, like a family may. Um, instead of going to eat fast food, like they may decide to have more t- uh, fast food. That's, okay. that's fast, uh, fast uh, food. <laughs> <laughs> they might decide to have. <laughs> thanks, I'll be here all week. Um, they may waitress. decide to um, have more conversations around the dinner table and actually sit down to the dinner table. Mm-hmm. And I think that could be a really healthy um, practice. Or I think that's a healthy practice, anyway. I'm just going to push a little bit. That, that sounds like a fast. So if I had a family of five. For I mean, right now it's just Kim and I because our kids are grown and hopefully they're they're doing well. But it's just Kim and I. You home, know so they're doing well. Hopefully, so like <laughs> you never know, hopefully they're out there somewhere. <laughs> Your kids are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, but but so you have a family of four or, or or five and so maybe during the Lenten season, what you do is you say dinner is at six, but we're gonna sit here for fifteen minutes just drinking our tea and water before we ever eat any food to just talk before we ever start to eat that would be a form of adding something to your fast you're you're still going to eat the same food you would have eaten anyway but you're adding that intentional time of personal relationship development Mm -hmm. i think that's great Mm -hmm. that's a that's the kind of thing children could be invited Mm -hmm. into that Mm -hmm. um well at that point i think you're replacing um instead of taking things away which in in an adult fast you are you know taking food away that way it you know um makes more opportunity to spend time with the lord instead of doing the things that you would have been doing on social media or whatever then that presents more time to spend so you're kind of replacing one thing with another kind of what jamie said maybe you're going to get there with your questions but we're also talking a lot of practicality and we haven't really talked spiritually we're moving yeah. that way okay then i won't say what i trust was the say. process i am so who should fast in <clears throat> I, I don't think it's everybody i think that if you're ill-informed i, I don't say, don't do it yeah sometimes it's not but i think healthy. people who should uh, if you're joni took a deep breath joni i think it depends on your motives too because i've done a lot of fasts before that like i was trying to lose weight and so I think it really does depend on your motives. Like you have to, you have to have the right mindset. And I want to spell out. I'm. We're talking about fasting in general. We're we just started the Lenten season, but I. This is for any type of fast. Right. And so I think that we need to change our mind on who should fast and 
necessarily win, but and some people do fast for a diet reason. You know, they may they may fast th- till noon every day or something like that. So they, I think it just depends on your motives. Your well, and I think the the other thing about that is you talked about people that are ill informed, or do I feel like guilted or shamed into it, even if it's self inflicted, like. I don't really feel drawn, <coughs> excuse me, drawn to fast or something, but everyone else is, and so I have to too. And so it's it's not, it's kind of in that middle area of I'm not trying to get attention, but I am also feel like if I don't do it, there's something wrong with me or there's something. And so, so the kind of the motive becomes more guilt than, than negative than positive, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm not about the guilt or the shame. I am about curiosity. Maybe people are curious about it, so they... That's not a bad thing at all, right? Um, I think people who who want to grow spiritually should fast. I think if you never fast, there will be a stuntedness to your spirituality. Uh, if you think that you know Jesus fasted, Paul fasted, I don't have to. Oh, really, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I think that you're missing out on mm-hmm. the aspect of, of what's going down. Um, and their world was completely different than ours, too. Their relationship with food was different than ours, and they didn't have the media, I would say. How um, was their relationship with food? That's like twice you've used that language of relationship with food. How do you – no, I'm serious. Uh, no, it's just something that's on my mind. So what how do you think their – what was their relationship with food? Well, I think if they were on the heavier side, that that was probably a plus for them because if they got sick, they had something to sustain themselves. Um, but then they walked all the time, like – just naturally they were more but weren't they more dependent on catching growing or hunting for their food Mm -hmm. as opposed to here a lot of it has become a cultural um the word you're looking for is abundance well abundance but yeah i'm trying to think of the uh, capitalism has has turned food into a cultural thing and not about nutrition whereas for them food was survival it well, was survival it was we don't have an abundance of food we have an obscene food landscape mm-hmm. uh, that has bastardized what food ought to be mm-hmm. and I, I don't mean to be too harsh but um i'm kind of a foodie so i, I love food i love to cook but when i look at what passes for food in our culture it's it's quite I don't know if the ancients would have eaten what we eat. No, I think they would. I'm not eating. Let's spit it out. What, yeah, what color is that? Mm-hmm. Um, but the, so Jesus, one of my favorite thought processes is in the model prayer. Jesus tells us to pray, "Give us this day our daily bread." Mm-hmm. Now we take that as a metaphor. Mm-hmm. Provide us for what we need. And when, when most of us pray, "Give us this day our daily bread," we're thinking, "Give us, Lord, what we need. We need a parking space." We need new clothes. We need a better job. But when the ancients prayed that prayer, they literally meant, I've got bread today. I don't know where it's going to come from tomorrow. Mm -hmm. It was a day-to-day situation. And you may go days and not eat Mm -hmm. by choice or by situation. Mm -hmm. Uh, So their relationship with it was dramatically different. How would they have handled, because they did like to get together and have fellowships with each other around food. How would they have handled that, right? Like, well, how would that they have handled that? And I'm sure it's completely different than what I'm thinking, but how would they have handled there's that a key while they difference. were fasting? So they would not have done it. Uh, the, but the, like the, the issue like meat, for example. Mm-hmm. We are, 
I know people who think that if they don't have meat on their plate at every meal, that they are suffering. Mm -hmm. Well, the ancients would have probably only had meat at special occasions. Mm -hmm. The the prodigal child uh, story, they killed a fatted calf. Mm -hmm. It was a big deal to have the meat. We don't even grab a hold of what a, what a big deal it was to go kill the fatted calf mm-hmm. that's ready to eat um, because we have meat all the time. Mm-hmm. So their meals would have been very, very meager. Um, uh, breakfast, um, if, if at all was consumed, it was maybe curds, some kind of meat, maybe a fruit. Lunch was not even heard of. And then the evening meal was usually bread, something to dip in to get some flavor, some oil, mm-hmm. and bread, and maybe some fruit, olives, dates, whatever's in season. That's that's a and you drink wine and meat and things of that nature. That's about it. That's about it. In fact, during the Middle Ages, most of the calories came from beer and ale, um, not well, from and, food. And I think, which is why they were explains the Middle Ages. They were drunk and intoxicated <laughs> all the time <laughs> and starving to death. Well, you said your relationship with food. Um, has been what did you say complicated or tangled tangled, tangled. Um, I'm sure they had didn't like that movie at all they had <laughs> a relationship with food that in many ways was had opportunities to be tangled in different ways but we live in such a culture where we emotionally eat and we deal with a lot of things emotionally with comfort foods and things like that and so when I don't feel good I'm gonna I have the opportunity to go find something that is going to get that serotonin or that dopamine hit or whatever. And they didn't have, I doubt, didn't didn't quite have that strong of a connection to food. Like, I'm really mad at my mother-in-law, so I'm going to go find a pomegranate off the tree or something. You know, I don't know. Right. It just doesn't sound like it. And maybe they did. Maybe they had. Maybe it was the beer. Or I don't know. Or maybe they took it to the other <laughs> level and just didn't eat. Because yeah. a lot of people, you know, they get stressed out and hang high anxiety like that, and they Could just be. don't eat. Mm-hmm. You know? But I think when we, if we're specifically talking about food, there's a lot of complexities mm-hmm. that are, exist in our world today. And that's why I'll go back to earlier. So, like, if you think about who who should not fast, if you're looking at an issue of you're unhealthy, you're under a doctor's care, you're on very complicated medicines, or you have some uh, some some uh, relational issues with food, this should not you shouldn't be undergoing mm-hmm. this. But if you need to pull back from th- those addictions, yeah. if you have food addictions, fasting can be a powerful way to, because one of the things that we do when we fast is we get control of our appetites. Mm-hmm. And it helps us, it helps our brain tell our body who's in charge. Mm-hmm. But then those people can also fast from other things as well. It doesn't have to be just Absolutely. food. Absolutely. Th- there's yeah. other things that they can engage in. I'm speaking mo- primarily here about the food aspects yeah. because that's the kind of pre- fasting we usually think about. Mm-hmm. Again, I think it comes to the 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 goal, the the why. Um, are we looking for end results? If I'm looking to to lose weight, you know, we've got all these diets. I can do all this stuff, but then the problem is, have you changed anything, or have you just gutted something out, lost some weight, and then now I can go back and reward myself, right. as opposed right. to all for why am I doing this? Yeah. I'm. It's about the struggle. It's about the suffering. It's about the <laughs> the misery in the midst of it. And like you said, getting control of something that has been out of control, not just letting it be out of control in a different way. That's true. So who should fast? People who want to grow spiritually. I think sometimes it's, this This is really hard. If we're working on making a decision and we need clarity mm-hmm. on a specific issue, mm-hmm. nothing is as beneficial to mm-hmm. us as fasting. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I'm a, it's not like I fast and God rewards my fasting by showing me what to do. No, what happens is, is in the process of fasting, 
our spiritual um, sensors, I guess, is that when our, our spiritual attentiveness is more open mm-hmm. to what it is the Lord is telling mm-hmm. us. So fasting helps us reach that moment of clarity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also think that people who need a spiritual reset should fast. Mm-hmm. Um well, and that's the part, and like Daryl said, to do it from a vain sense, you're going to come out of that just maybe have dropped, you know, 10 pounds or whatever. But then when you go into it and, and you do it, you know, I say the right way to the best of your ability, the way that you feel like you need to do it, and those things do become clear and you do start to hear the Holy Spirit speak to you and guide you, ultimately your life is changed. And that is the whole you know, you're drawn closer to, to him through the fasting, which is humbling ourselves, drawing closer to him and allowing him to lead us and guide us, the Holy Spirit. And in the big picture, change it changes us. It changes who we are. It absolutely does. I think it goes back to what you're saying about being curious or what I said about transactional versus transformational. If you're going into it with this idea of I'm going to do this to get something, mm-hmm. you, you're missing the point. But if you're like, I'm going to do this knowing there's opportunity mm-hmm. for growth and change to hear God's voice, but not like pigeonholing it. This is what I'm s- expecting to get out of right. it. Um, and you you just are, I'm going to go into it being curious to find, I think you create this incredible opportunity to be on the other side of it and going, wow, something happened that I, I was that, I wasn't even expecting mm-hmm. that in my, in my life. But when you set that expectation and if it doesn't happen there's disappointment or you can end up manipulating things mm-hmm. to say i got the answer I, this is what god told me mm-hmm. or, or whatever and, and so i just think the backing off being mm-hmm. more curious not so judgmental well and sometimes you get and i'm totally speaking for myself you get so full of things and stuff and activities and you just can't breathe it, it okay something's got to give you know and i feel like that's that's a, a, a great time to just allow the Lord to, um, Lord, I don't know what you want me to do here, but I'm willing to do whatever you're asking me to do and to start to, to fast, decide what we're going to fast on and then allow him to start cleansing and clarifying some of those things. I love the idea of fasting from busyness. Mm-hmm. Like we are s- such so a busy, busy. culture yeah. um, in fasting from media because, you know, we have media input all day long. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, I find like what'd you say, Joni? Oh, let me set my phone back down. <laughs> <laughs> I find when I when wow. I turn off my radio, like low hanging fruit. <laughs> you know that's what it is. But you know it it really does mm-hmm. help me be more yeah. clear. Well, I agree with you. So I, I think what I'm hearing like Missy talk about one of the things I had written it down this way that fasting is good for those people who feel overcome by the demands of the mm-hmm. world, and it, it, Jesus talks about. Um, uh, I have overcome the world. Well, this is one of the ways in which we can, in him, overcome mm-hmm. the world by retreating back from it and fasting. So uh, one of the things I recommend is from time to time, like a three-day fast. Mm-hmm. And by this, this is kind of an intense three-day fast where you just cut off all unnecessary mm-hmm. food stuffs. You drink water. You're not drinking any, you know, no tea, no soda, no coffee. Uh, you, you, you cancel all your appointments. You, you either don't leave the house or you go somewhere very specific, mm-hmm. the a retreat cabin, uh, a tent. I want to let those closest to you know you're doing this so they don't <laughs> think you've died or something. <laughs> let them. See, <laughs> maybe go away for three days and see, see what if happens. they even notice <laughs> yeah. you were gone. Maybe that's a, a good a test. Uh, uh, but, but you pull away from it, 
And those, those, those three days can really, just two or three days can help you just reset. Oh, yeah. Grab some clarity, mm-hmm. go for walks in the woods, those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Nature is one of the best ways to do that, too. I saw something, uh, why did it, it was a quote by someone, and it said something like, Nature is. Like the natural, most, uh, well, it's like the, the it's, it's it's it was equating Dirt. to <laughs> it being a um, loving embrace. Octopus is what it was talking oh. about. And, Did you read that somewhere? That's what the kids say when they saw it on TikTok. water. <laughs> no, actually, I think I, I heard it on a podcast, but um, anyway, just say it again so, louder for the people in the back. Well, I don't have it exactly down, but it was it was equating nature to a loving embrace, mm. like God's loving embrace or the earth's loving embrace or what he was saying. I, I remember Rick and Kim um, Edwards had a cabin out towards Rock Springs that was literally in the middle of nowhere. Um, they did have uh, satellite internet and stuff like that, but at night it was quiet. Mm. You could see the stars. There was nobody for miles around. And it took you about a day to kind of decompress, but once you're there for a few days, it was like, it, w- it was your just body. You you relax. The stress goes away. You're energized, and you're just you're just doing little to nothing, but enjoying the peace of it all. I didn't realize, mm-hmm. how, like you were talking, how much busyness, but how much noise well, we have around it, us. It just dra- it doesn't pull you towards the Lord. It, it draws you away from Him because then it's all what I, I can't do it all. I can't. I'm at the end. I'm tired. I can't do it. I can't do it. But then that allows us to go into the Lord's presence and that he draws us closer to him. Yep. I think this is a good spot. No, to, no not yet. Not yet. I, I got things oh, to okay. say. I, oh. I, I had to push back on what you're saying. You see, oh, I, I was okay. quiet, which is hard for you're me. You're pushing back a lot today. That's what I do. <laughs> Just um, saying. So, so, so I agree. Nature is why I love being outside. I went for a good long run yesterday. I love being out. Uh, it's just nice. I don't like like yard work, but I like <laughs> being outside. However, I think that if you only see nature as an embrace, you have missed the two-sided benefit of what fasting can be if you incorporate it into the natural world. Because nature's also hot sun beating down on you, no. insects chewing on you, um, blisters on your feet from walking, cold in the wintertime. Sleet hitting your Top of your bald head. Yeah. Hey. Uh, all of the. Uh, <laughs> it, Talk it, about it, Jamie it, like that. It's all of these things that is also very unpleasant. Sure. And so when Jesus is in the wilderness fasting, I'm sure there were moments when the sun rises on the or the sun sets and the sky is beautiful. He, he thinks about creation and how, you know, from his perspective, it was there, he was there at creation. Mm-hmm. And so maybe it was a different kind of embrace. But there's also the middle of the day. The scorpions are chasing. Well, so that's him. when we came inside of the air conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, but if you again, you need that too. You yeah. need the slap in the face of reality. Sure. And this is what fasting also does. Yeah. It slaps us in the face with reality of uh, of our neediness, of our frailty. Mm-hmm. When I fast, it bothers me that I'm so. Um, beholden to my appetites that I mm. I don't like that I have to stop and eat. I don't, I don't like that I feel this cranky when I don't have what I want. So it's a slap in the face. So I agree with you. It's a warm embrace and it's wonderful, but it's also at the same time sometimes this brutal mm-hmm. 
dose of reality of what the world is and our place in it. Uh, so if you're outside, if you spend any time, you will eventually come across a dead animal. <laughs> Buzzards. When, when you see a dead animal, you ought to stop and think, I am no different in that regard no. than this dead animal. Um, I, I buried a snake this week because some cat killed it and drug it to my doorstep and left mm. it as an offering. Mm. Uh, and I, you know, Whenever I bury anything, I always think, Lord, first off, thank you that the snake did not bite me. <laughs> but second off, um, just like this snake, I will die too. Help me to learn that lesson. And hopefully they won't put me in a shallow grave beside of the house <laughs> when the time comes. I don't know, Kim might. She might. Let's now see. we can take a break. All right, well, that's a good time. to ke- Kelly, let us have some good information about what's going on in the world. You are listening to Under the Water Tower, a ministry of Fellowship Baptist Church located in Marble Falls. We would love for you to join us for worship. Visit our website for worship times at fmf.life. Do you have questions or suggestions on future topics for Under the Water Tower? We would love to hear them. Send us an email to office at fmf.life. If you like what you hear and would like to support this ministry, visit fmf.life slash give. That's fmf.life slash give. All right, Jamie, you got another question for us? We're ready. Nope, out of questions. I I was thinking about a great question. What would Um, be a great question? I think a great question would be, what is fasting then? That is a good question. I'm so glad you thought of that. (laughs) I did, all by myself. Genius. I call shenanigans. (laughs) I see that you did go find a legal pad somewhere. Did you? I had this legal pad. That. Did he, you have that? I've he, even wrote things down, so it looked like I was actually. You know what he wrote down? Tied, milk, <laughs> eggs. Uh, I'm working Spinach, on my my workout. Smoothies. Oh, I do need to plan my workout for today. Fasting. So what is it? Abstaining from something. Change of focus. Okay. I got an okay. Did you see that? I got nothing. <laughs> How about this? Fasting is a mystery, which, like prayer or worship, contributes to us being formed into the image of Jesus. Mm-hmm. That was Misty's answer. You didn't even get her, give her a chance. <laughs> it's okay. As she had that. She's not awake. As That's such, right. it is a tool of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. This is what fasting is. Tear that apart for me. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Well, fasting. Say it one. Okay, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say fasting and prayer, you know, go hand in hand. I feel like you can't really do one without the other and do it. Well, we do pray without fasting. I don't well, know, I know that but we, when you fast, a fasting is normally accompanied. By, I mean, isn't that the whole point? You're fasting, you're praying, you're seeking the Lord and... I think That's so. That's what you were, we were talking about. I think so, but I think there are some people who just fast and never add to it the prayer. If, again, if you're going through a ritual. Well, no, I'm talking about like a spiritual fast. Right. I agree. Prayer. I agree. Okay. Yeah. So for a true biblical fast, there must be prayer to be present mm-hmm. and awareness of God's presence. Yes. Now that prayer may take different forms. Mm-hmm. It could be the form of journaling, writing. Mm-hmm. It can be the form of meditation. It can be the form of Bible memorization. It can be the form of prayer in terms of praise and worship. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to tell you, what, if, if you think praise and worship music 
is an act of music, you do not understand what you're doing. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's prayer, it's praise, it's, it's adoration. Or just listening. I heard today just on to the listen. radio. No, where did I hear it? Podcasts again um, about worship. Are you cheating on us with other podcasts? Well, Daryl, that's where I get all my information from. No, but it was talking about worship as um, helps create liminal space for you to engage with God. And I think so often worship is about, are we singing the song I like, or are we doing the thing that I like, or um, when is this song going to be over? How many verses are we singing as opposed to sing it as a, as, as space, which I think ties into all of these spiritual disciplines is you're creating space Mm -hmm. to engage with God, to connect with God, to, to know yourself deeper, whatever, because if we're not careful, we will get stuck on the mechanics of what do I do, what do I do, it? how do I do it, what do I, me, 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 am I doing it right? And God's over here like, can can I join you in any of that? Or is this just all about you and your little routine there? And um, whether it's worship or things like that, um, I like the idea of it being space for, you said something that made me think about that too. I remember what you well, said. Well, yeah, that's what we talked about earlier, replacing. That's why you eliminate something to create more Jesus but God. opportunity to engage with God, not mm-hmm. just another task. Right. And, yeah. so, and, and by doing new things, you learn to see the world different. Mm-hmm. And that's when you, sometimes you see Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's the the everyday stuff mm-hmm. that um But it shouldn't just stop. Us. You know, when it's the fasting time's over, you don't just, <laughs> well, that was fun. <laughs> that was you know? fun. <laughs> it's got to mean something, and you've got to continue and allow the Lord to carry that on. I think you, if it was know? genuine, it does create something that's lasting. Yeah, it has right. to. It has to. Mm. He can't not. <clears throat> lasting, yes, but not permanent. No, no, I'm talking about what because you're fasting I or whatever. I'm talking about like a change in you. Uh, an impact or something. Mm-hmm. Like even if it's a lesson, you learn something, that's going to go mm-hmm. with you. Because yeah. I change with each fast. But then I need to fast again in the future. So in other words, sure, yeah. I can't say, oh, I did that once and no. I had the transformation. Now I'm permanently changed no. forever. Well, life changes. No, no, we I'm have different decisions to make and things to do. And, and you know, so it's you're never going to fast, I don't think, for the same reasons. Yeah, you fast and you encountered God and you learned something about yourself, learned something about life. And it's like, oh. Okay, I wonder what's going to happen next time or the next time I fast or whatever. And, but but I think it's like spiritual markers, to quote Henry Blackaby. Um, there are things that happen in your life that were significant. And I think fasting can create opportunities for a spiritual marker mm-hmm. that 20 years down the, the, the line, you've moved on, grown, changed, but you can go back and remember that marker of something significant that right. happened. Well, in a Lytton fast, we know that's coming, right? That's almost like you mm-hmm. could say, quote, scheduled fasting so you kind of prepare and start praying about that but then there are other things that come along in your life where you know it's just this is something that i've got to do you know mm-hmm. and I think i've gone through times too. where i fasted twice a week yeah mm-hmm. just like on a wednesday or friday or kind of thing yep. yep when you think of it as a spiritual discipline it's kind of like having a tool in your toolbox maybe lent as an opportunity for some people who've never done it right to experience it for the first time but then realize oh you can do this anytime mm-hmm. all right i want i want to push a little, it's a tool, but it's not my tool. Yeah. It's the Holy Spirit's tool. Yes, I'm not, I'm not, again, because I'm oh, the one who's... I wish people could see the look you do. <laughs> you get the eye roll look. No, like, I was... <laughs> like, 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 trying to find my words. That guy. Yeah. Can't Stop stand pushing. that guy. <laughs> you know, in a 
that's not a command. Jesus doesn't command us to to fast, but I think he expects he? us to. He expects us. Did he say when you fast? Ah, okay, expectation, I not wrote, a command. I, I wrote a blog this that. morning, and thanks, thank you to the two people who read it. And I, I bring that point out that Jesus expects us to. That's the word I like to use because he says, when you fast. Mm-hmm. So it, yeah. It, it, it's that Matthew 6. It's, it's yeah. When you pray, when you give. And when you fast, mm-hmm. it's just as expected as the, uh, and right. giving and praying are spiritual disciplines too. Mm-hmm. So fasting is a spiritual discipline that honors the Lord and the history of the church mm-hmm. because the church has been filled with people who have found meaning and revelation and insight into the Lord by fasting mm-hmm. and prayer. It's also, I think, we first to control our appetites and we are a people who are consumed by our appetites uh we live in an ever you use the word capitalism which by the way you've got let's see capitalism you've used you used um cognitive dissonance (laughs) spiritual markers markers and liminal space you're just bringing all (laughs) kinds of you've been reading haven't you uh i'm what no i'm not gonna tell you what my past is about i've got i'm just I'm waiting now for categorical imperative to mm-hmm. come out of your mouth. That's the next one. Uh, <laughs> you get that 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 down. Then we'll, oh, mm-hmm. um, but we live. I, I wouldn't call it capitalism because it's. But I would say materialism. Yeah, we live right. in an age of ever-growing materialism that says we should always be comfortable. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 zeitgeist of our age is comfort, mm-hmm. maximum comfort. And car seats, air conditioning in the car for two sides, blowing everywhere. Um, the, the comfortable clothing, comfortable environments. No one wants to make anyone feel uncomfortable at church anymore. I mean, church used to be where you went to be made uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Now no one wants to go to a church where it's not comfortable. Mm-hmm. Again, comfortable seats, comfortable lighting, everything must be mm-hmm. perfect. We're an age that's addicted to comfort. What I want when I want it right now. Control. And, and fasting is a way for us to push back against that. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's an elixir to that. It, it screams... Uh, that there's more to life than what I eat, what I watch, mm-hmm. what I wear. That's well, reading of consume. yourself. Ooh, that's good. It's, and what know. do you read of yourself when you fast? You say read or rid? Uh, ridding. Oh, I, I, I said thought you said reading. Well, the same. I, I like mean, I like my interpretation of what read, you said better. <laughs> read of yourself, ridding of yourself. It's just a, I mean, self-examination, um, and it's not good. You know, it shouldn't be whenever you're um, coming before the Lord and allowing him to come in and just you know let you know all the things that and I think we know sometimes we don't and he he shows that you know shows us the things reveals things to us that we didn't really realize were there until we allow him to come in and really just um rid us of those things I, I I don't know, y'all. I have a zero poker face. Um, I wish this was. A she took a deep breath because she's like, I have something I. to say. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I now I don't remember what it was. <laughs> I think that's also why a lot of people don't fast mm-hmm. is because they mm. they don't want to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are an age where we believe in comfort. Mm-hmm. Um, and prideful. Sh- we're so prideful. We don't ever want to admit that that's you know mm. that we're that person or that coming out in us you know but that's exactly what we need to fast from well i think when you talk about the materialism and capitalism it's just everywhere you look the selling point to something is you shouldn't struggle 
you shouldn't suffer. You shouldn't be in pain. Take this pill. Mm -hmm. Or the reason we have problems in our country is because of this group. And if we could just take care of that, yeah, let's take care of that group. But rather than have a conversation or discussion or debate or whatever, it's like I'm entitled to live a certain way. And, and fasting is a, it's reminding us, how did Jesus live? Mm-hmm. What was his life? like what did he do and and we get this kind of i don't know the word entitled entitlement does that count as a, a big word or not? <laughs> I, don't know. I feel like no. people do that with like the transient um um not culture but like um people that are in our community mm. like they want to fix them but they want to fix them their way so they don't go and talk to people who are experiencing homelessness they want to just do it and why don't you have a conversation with those people and say, like, what what do you need, not what do I think you need? Here's how I'm going to fix you. And that's why I think fasting is so important because it's personal. It is personal. I, I want to bring this back around. It, it's personal because it's about self, and that's where you, I, I misheard you, but ridding yourself of self. Mm-hmm. It's the old language of dying to self, mm-hmm. which I'm a, a huge advocate for. That I'm crucified with Christ. Mm-hmm. And I no longer li- live, but Christ lives within me. And th- this idea that I'm replacing my own self with his, I mean, transformed in his image. Now, you do that, I believe, best without guilt and shame. Mm-hmm. And you do that best, I believe, without actually, <clears throat> it's not that I stop being me, but I recognize that my wants and my needs are not the most important yes. part of the world. Yeah. And that, that's where the that's where we get real down the brass tacks. Mm-hmm. Some people think that means the dying to self is about self mutilization or no. you know, or self martyrdom kind yeah. of this is not what if no. that's what you're doing, you're doing it wrong. It right. is um humility, what's the best definition of humility? It's not thinking less of yourself, no, it's thinking of yourself less. less. And that, that that is kind of cliche, but it's mm-hmm. right on the money mm-hmm. in terms of what we're talking about. And so fasting does that. Mm-hmm. As I as I go through fasting I learn to take my appetites whatever they are and 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 thwart them i I can get around them they don't control me anymore Mm -hmm. so i am dying to self Mm -hmm. and now i can see other people's needs more More. what 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 changes us most often some kind of disruption something that that happens and so if you think of life often being as we have the sense of order then there's disorder and then there's reorder fasting is kind of like an intentional disruption I'm intentionally throwing my mm-hmm. my mojo off here to, to and I do like the reading, but I also like the reading too because mm-hmm. it's like to explore maybe what are my motives? Yeah. Why am I doing Feel some back. of the things yeah. I'm doing? Well, and that's a good indicator too for me. There was a time in my life where I was just snapping at people and just not not. I that mean, was yesterday. Was Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> you guys don't count, but it was bad, you know. And I really, really had to start. I mean, peeling back, asking the Lord, why uh-huh. am I acting this way? And there, so when when you're Misty, acting out you of so your, your norm, you know, you know what's going on, and you can start to feel those things. And this is not me, Lord. This is not who you created me to be. To so help me see why I'm doing this, you know, and, and some, fasting. And sometimes that's a physical thing, like mm-hmm. there's a physiological thing going on in our bodies, or it's an emotional thing that you know, life change, or your kids leave home, mm-hmm. or you move somewhere else. But I, th- I love your approach to that, Misty, in that sometimes the solution is spiritual. Mm-hmm. In fact, I have a belief that most of the issues in our life have a spiritual root. Mm-hmm. There's a physical manifestation to right. it, but there's a spiritual root to it. Yeah. Well, and we, again, to, not to beat our culture up too much, but we're, <clears throat> we're also bombarded with messages of 
um, insurance and savings and retirement and investment and stuff. And, and some of what in the book I did bring, um, <laughs> The Divine Conspiracy by Dallas Willard, uh, as he talks in one section, uh, it's a book about the <laughs> Sermon on the Mount, as he talks about, <laughs> I'm making up for five, five seasons <laughs> of being ridiculed for never bringing anything in or being prepared. But he's referencing um, fasting and, and talking about manna. And if you think about the Israelites in the wilderness, yeah, I was thinking about that earlier. you know, it was an act of trust. Like you said, the give us this day our daily bread Every to day. trust that God is going to provide for what I need today. Every day you had to go get it. Right. And, and it, you, you tried to keep more. it. You it wasn't going to last. Yeah. And, and we live mm. in a culture that, that shames it's, you it's, if you don't have enough it's for like next shrimp. month. You have to eat next. shrimp that day. It never right. keeps. The <laughs> next day shrimp Rubbery. is just never right. Right. Just never. Some food gets better the longer yeah. you keep it, like stew or soup. But shrimp, shrimp is manna. Mm. Uh, Except it's unclean. Mm-hmm. So, I, so I think fasting is an opportunity to learn to, to pull back our, how much am I trying to control my life and right. how much am I really trusting mm-hmm. God well, to be provider? Let's just use a, a, a really uh, 1960s big word. Fasting is countercultural. Mm. It, it, it is the exact opposite of what everything in our world tells us we should be doing. Mm-hmm. So to fast is to be that person. And it's a, it's a powerful thing, I think. So what else is fasting? Did I miss anything? Did we miss anything? Our description of what it is. What it is. What it is. Then how about proper methodology? What is a proper methodology for fasting? How do you go about this? Thank What's you. your program? I think you first go to Facebook and tell everybody <laughs> that you're about to go on a fast. Google. You Google it. <laughs> but you can catch me on TikTok. <laughs> I'm going on a fast, but... <laughs> Okay, well, let's be honest. <laughs> no, let's, let's, let's put the joking aside. I do believe a good fast should have a pre-set uh, time frame. Mm-hmm. That's why I love the Lenten idea that uh, you know when it begins Prescribed. and you know when it ends. Uh, and it's, it's, it's set. And it doesn't have to be always the same length. Like I said, uh, you can fast for one day. You can spend a day in prayer and fasting or a week in prayer and fasting or a couple of days. Uh, or months, but I think you have to have a preset time, and I think you also have to have a preset. What are you fasting from? Because if you if you don't decide ahead of time, it's amazing how accommodating yeah. you can be later. Well, I didn't really say <laughs> all candy; yeah. I just said hard candy. Yeah. Right? Be Start very very specific. Um, that's why you know one of the things I like to use is yeast or, or rising bread. Mm-hmm. That gives you. I I can have a cracker. But I can't have the Schlotzky's bun, which is delicious, <laughs> right? Can't have that. Mm-hmm. So preset, and then you also have a time limit. Um, what else is good for a methodology for fasting? I think like Joni said earlier, it's the mindset. I think you have to go to that state of mind. Just like, you know, when you're going to try to quit smoking or quit drinking, whatever, it's, it's a mindset. I think you have to know that... <laughs> <laughs> this is this is what we're doing, and this is what I'm going to do, and I think it, it that's where it all begins. And then I think uh, to some level you need an accountability person, uh, and you need a methodology for when you break it because mm-hmm. something's going to happen and you'll mess up. Right. Well, I was about to I did two thoughts there. One was grace. I think an element of grace to it. Because nope. We get too perfectionistic, nope. and and then the other is every church I know that's called Grace is the most graceless place I know. I didn't say call ourselves Grace. I said have some, give yourself some grace, 
and keep it simple because I, I know that a lot of people get caught up in it. Ooh, I'm going to fast this and then I'm fast this and then I'm fast this. And I'm going to have all this stuff. And then they crash and burn. And then, well, that was wasted as that opposed to kind of yeah. having at least one root simple thing that you can focus on, but then giving yourself some, some grace. You know, even like you, you teach this through Lent is that Sunday is your traditionally speaking well birthdays and sundays so sundays are days off just the fact that this is not about a perfectionist anybody who can count figures that one out because it's 40 days but then you do the calendar wait there's 46 45 (laughs) come do christians do math (laughs) it's because the sundays don't count as your fast days um I think also relying on the Holy Spirit to kind of show you what you need to fast from. Mm, that's a good mm. point. Like asking. So I think sometimes. So prayer and fasting about what your prayer and fasting <laughs> is going to be about. Yes. Actually, Kim and I took a long time. We started talking about what we we're going to fast from and how to do this year pretty much right after Christmas. It's been an ongoing. Um, we call them negotiations because <laughs> I have the things I want and she has the things that she wants. And then we negotiate. Well, I'll give you a that taking away for this adding to, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> I'll uh, eat my candy in the closet while you. <laughs> and I love that you and Kim are able to do that together because I think that adds another element to it. Some people just fast on their own, but that you're doing you have a family plan, I think is kind of The cool. family plan. <laughs> family it's like, plan. It's like, it's like AT&T. AT&T. Your AT&T fasting, fasting plan. Family plan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so proper methodology also involves, I think, so accountability. When you mess up, how do you get back in line? Uh, your grace aspect, when's it going to end? And just clearly defining what your, um, what your objectives are. How, what are you going to add to this? So you, for me, it's not just about what I'm taking away. It's what I'm going to add to it. Anything so. that draws you closer to him, I think, is can, you can consider that a part of your fast, right? Yes. So um, study, mm-hmm. learning, even if it's not spiritual learning. I say Spanish. <laughs> well, <laughs> Adios. Or, or uh, uh reading new things so if you're if you're the kind of person that only reads commentaries on the bible maybe this is the season to pick up um uh, a poems a tinker at uh, uh, or, uh pilgrim at tinker creek or, or jamie something. greening fiction <laughs> well, i wasn't gonna be a pusher but uh, you buy something or You're you read something i'll be your pusher or you you uh Perhaps it's the other way around. You only ever read narratives. Uh, you're you're big into the Jeanette Oakey or those kinds of things, books, mm. and and so now during well, I'm going to read commentaries. The challenges gonna, you, stretches you. So you you add something to your life mm-hmm. that that's uh, maybe you've you you're going to jo- join a small group or a service project. Serving is spiritual just small by itself. So during your fasting, you're doing that. Those are all proper methodologies for fasting. So what do you think for teenagers um, thinking about, like, having a social media fast? What if they, like, um, like scaffold it in some way? Does that take away from... Only if they have ladders. What do you like mean? If they So they start, like, the first week with um, they don't watch TV and they're on their phone at the same time, like, one media at one time, <coughs> and then the next week is something different. Does that... 
if so if a rotating so yes or like they start small and then they add something every week does that take away from the no it's teaching them it's teaching them and so one of the things with students is is you're you're building a pattern for life you're not trying to again this is not a quick fix thing or a hoop. we're we're not trying to make them super spiritual right now what we're doing is we're teaching them this is the ways of the lord to control your appetite your objectives are to grow closer to the lord and, and to learn about who you are and who he is. These are your objectives. And so as we lead those out with the students, in whatever creative way you can, because our goal is not a super spiritual youth group. Our goal is 45-year-old people in 25, 30 years from now who are still actively pursuing their practicing their faith and being drawn closer to the Lord. And I think that the mistake that we've been making for a couple of decades now is we make the goal of youth ministry hot youth ministry right now. Mm-hmm. And that's just not the way it works. Those burn fast. Mm-hmm. We need adults in 20 years yeah. who were taught in youth ministry. And that's the way you do it is by being creative, showing them that there's there's margins here. There's a, a space to be creative and to be personal and teach them what the goal is, not the, the practice. That's mm-hmm. So I, I'm all for that. Um, all for that. Stu- students, students can, children cannot. I don't think children, but student, a fifteen-year-old, they know what they know what they're doing. They can, mm-hmm. they can yeah. fast. But those lasting effects are for all of us, and that's kind of where Daryl and I, I think we're talking a while ago. Is that that's you go through the fast, and the things you learn do continue on with you, ultimately to you know affect, keep on, keep on on mm. the things that we learn. Well, I think it's. You quoted Warren earlier. I'll quote him again. I think he's the one who said, and maybe I'm paraphrasing, but said, don't un- underestimate. Um, don't overestimate what you can do in a week, but don't underestimate what you can do in three months. And I think when you just take Lent, since you've been here, pastor of this church, leading us through fasting on an annual basis, and you take um, what Misty's staying there, um, and you take a, a family in this church who's never experienced Lent that way before, and they try it for the first time a few years ago, and maybe they don't ever do it for the next few, uh, throughout the year, but you take five years, 10 years of that, mm-hmm. and we so are so accustomed to quick fixes and wanting to see things. I mean, look at the, the Israelites, how many years they had to journey mm-hmm. through things. The cycles of those 12 months and Lent coming around every year, that, don't underestimate what five years of, those Lenten fastings can do for a person that, and it creates a rhythm and an ebb and a flow. Um, and it's not, um, I guess I'm just trying to say, think long-term sometimes as much as right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that made sense at all. It anyway. did yeah. make sense. Yeah. yeah. Somewhat. The, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the fasting aspect is long-term and we've been doing this for, uh, 2000 years. Mm-hmm. And, and and I think that what I feel very much, this is what drew me to it when I began to practice it in my own personal life almost 25 years ago. And boy, I tell you what, it's, it's much more popular now to do it. It's 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 more accepted. 25 years ago in Baptist life, this I was a heretic. Mm-hmm. I would get all kinds of hate email about this. Again, I, I, to go back to the Catholic thing, Lent, Advent, those things growing up as a Southern Baptist were not things you mm-hmm. did. Right. And and this was the first church that I've ever been a part of. And then since I've been doing it, I was like, 
It's one of the most spiritual things you can celebrate, but we were so busy condemning other denominations and, and other churches for, I don't, I don't even know why we were condemning them because it was legalistic maybe well, or whatever. I don't no, know. So a, I get what you're saying. I didn't grow up with that. It's a sociological phenomenon by which when I define myself, I define myself by what I'm not. And when mm. I'm not, I define myself against you, right? Uh, and so that's for, for years, Baptists have done this with Catholics. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there is, there's a lot of things about Roman Catholicism that I think are not right, I don't like, but we've got to come to grips with the fact that for our, our, we have a shared history. Mm-hmm. For yeah, Christianity years. is not yeah. exclusively ours. Yeah. <laughs> we have a shared history in Lent and fasting and the church fathers and the church mothers and all these individuals, all this. That, that's ours, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, 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 for me... What I grabbed a hold of is that this emphasis upon spirituality and spiritual growth and these big themes of death and repentance. I mean, as, as a Baptist, as a, what's Ash Wednesday all about? Confession of sin, enumerating your sins, telling people they are sinners and that they're going to die and face <laughs> God. I'm a Baptist. I'm all in, right? Mm-hmm. This, is, this, is, this is like revival preaching. Mm-hmm. And so once you get to that place, it helps us. And it's just an elixir against... Um, a way of seeing church that is performance-based or, or, or only institutional-based. Again, I, I, I say this in as many different ways as I can. It is a, such a huge mistake, the mis- what we do, where we believe that people exist to fuel the institution of church. Mm-hmm. What, what Ash Wednesday and Lent and fasting reminds the church is, we provide these opportunities for individuals to spiritually grow. Right. We're here to help, help them yeah. spiritually. It's the other way around. Well, and once you you allow yourself to um, try try it, okay, I'm going to try fast out and try, you know, see what happens. But then when you go into it, um, trusting on the, you know, relying on the Lord and being open and honest, and then you see the changes and you, and you can feel the difference and the things that he does and allows to happen and you come out of that um how can you not want to do it again you know and that's where i'm at is if you see it and you know it works just like answer prayer you pray you see the lord answer your prayers but then we're so quick to doubt again later that that's not going to work because you see that a lot too that Mm -hmm. people try it and you know i don't know well, they fast and say that didn't work. Well, what did you want it to do? Right. I mean, yeah. what, that, what does that even mean? That mm-hmm. that's like I, yeah, I, I, I breathed work. today. Well, that I didn't, didn't work. work. Yeah. I don't even understand. Mm-hmm. The, 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 if I am a Christ follower, this is this is where I'm going to be. Yeah. I'm not saying you have to, and, and I, I I do think that um, we need to address a couple of things, and I want to get to some Bible verse. Uh, you said something that made me stop it. Think of a uh, quote that I had heard on a podcast the other day. This uh, is different, but this is like the remember third, when I started off earlier. Podcast. He has his phone, so he can Google me during real time. That's what he's no, doing. No, I took some, wrote down some quotes from this podcast the other day, thinking well, I'm going to get to use one of these in 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 um, our podcast. And the phrase, the quote was, "There's a difference between what the institutional church." <coughs> now I've got your problem. What the institutional church needs to survive and what the biblical church needs to thrive. Mm. And what you're talking about is That's a different way of saying the same thing that I just mm. said. Exactly. As soon as you said that, it just was like, no, but it was just like, it stuck with me. No Be- one ever quotes me. Well, I'm <laughs> kind of quoting at you, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but uh, chew. I think that's the difference 
between our church and a lot of other churches is uh, you lead us and we're driven by this idea of how can we help the church, the church of Jesus, um, not our physical institution, not our budget, not the, not our schedules, not our programs, but how can we help the people mm-hmm. thrive as Christ followers, not how can we use the people mm-hmm. to keep us afloat. And I think that's what this Lenten season and it, you're, you're offering them incredible opportunities to grow and change. And that's not... It's not easy, and it's not neat, and it's not controllable, and it's messy, and it can be inconvenient, but it's it works. Well, and we are the church, right? Mm-hmm. So if we're the church and we're out and about, then that's that's part of what we're called to do. How can is, we help our yeah. people thrive in ourselves, thrive mm-hmm. in the world spiritually, mm-hmm. as opposed to how can we go get more people to keep our ship afloat? Mm-hmm. So fasting... We've all the way around here. I want a couple more things about it because we are starting Lent today. Do you have to fast during Lent to be a good Christian? I think the answer is no. Uh, You do not. This is not a required. There's no place in the New Testament or the Bible anywhere it says from 40 days, 46 days out from Easter, you need to fast. Mm -hmm. And that that is something that has come about through church history. Especially since Easter changes every year. (laughs) Well, there's been wars fought about when Easter is, by the way. Uh, but church history has given us this practice of fasting during this time period. So you don't have to fast during Lent. But I would ask you, if you don't fast during Lent, then when do you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I personally choose to add to my fasting process this time of year because I'm in, I'm in solidarity with so many other Christ followers throughout the world. It's, it's We're linked together in this. They may be doing it different, right? They may be doing... A different kind of fast, but we are still all pursuing holiness before the Lord. And speaking of that, Isaiah 58 to me is the most powerful passage in the Bible uh, on fasting. But my last question that I had all these were question seven. We've we've worked through all my questions one way or the other on how to organize this. Is are there any key texts about fasting in the Bible? Is this completely man-made? Well, no, this is biblical. But in Isaiah 58, I think you get uh, one of the key problems. We've been dancing around it, and that is the people were using fast as a performance art Mm -hmm. to show how spiritual they were and how great they were. They loved, in fact, Isaiah uses the word, they delighted in the religious trappings of pretending to draw near to God. The language, the fasting. The, the procedures, the calls, the solemn assemblies. They loved all of that stuff. On the street corner to be yeah. seen by right. men. That yeah. Jesus will later call them out in the same way about this. So the, the, the prophet here calls them out and says, you are just a bunch of worthless, worthless loud noises. It, it's, it's not, that's not a fast at all. You, 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 why are you doing this? It's not even a fast. Then, he, then in verse uh, 6 of Isaiah 58, he outlines what, a fast before the Lord is. And it's not it's not what we usually think of. It says, Is not this the fast that I choose? To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, to break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover him? And not to hide yourself from your own flesh. These are all positive attributes of what fast. It's not. It's not the negative. What you're not doing. Mm-hmm. What you're not gonna eat. It's fasting in such a way that opens up your eyes and your minds to the needs around you. So when you fast from food and you hunger, 
a legitimate thought process is, haven't eaten in two days. I'm really hungry. There's someone under the bridge right now who hasn't eaten, mm -hmm. and they're hungry too. Mm -hmm. Or when I've, I'm in nature and I feel the cold or the heat, there's someone out there who's living outside, and they don't have a place to go. I, my fast will end and I will go back. They will mm -hmm. not. Mm -hmm. There's someone out, out there who doesn't have the medicine they need or the education they need or the clothing they need uh, or the love that they need. And so that fasting calls me. And so what it does is by making me aware of my own frailness, this is what fasting does, my own frailness, the limits of my body, it binds me with compassion and mercy to all human suffering. Prisoners, needy, hurt, all of those individuals. And so for me, that I can't leave the topic of fasting without Isaiah's definition between true fasting and false fasting mm -hmm. and for him it's a proactive thing not a not a, mm -hmm. a negation yeah yeah you got your bible mm -hmm. misty and so do you uh, Joni? open do you have bible verses to share i um no <laughs> 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 i was with the you know when you fast don't um disfigure your face, face. Yeah. that's yeah. matthew yeah. six yeah i yeah, love matthew that that that's six. Um, how is grieving and fasting related? Because they feel related to me. So in fasting, you spend time, especially in Old Testament fasting, mm -hmm. which is always connected to uh, repentance of sin, sackcloth and ashes. Mm -hmm. I'm going to mourn. Tonight when we start our Ash Wednesday service, we'll do so with a solemn assembly call, which is a time to mourn and confess. Our, so you're grieving your sin. So this is what the Apostle Paul will talk about in the New Testament in his letters, <coughs> that True repentance must have a grieving over our sin. If you just say, wow, that's, I, that pornography, I need to stop that, but I'm not, mm -hmm. right? You're not grieving anything. Mm -hmm. your, your sin should hurt you. When you realize what you've done, it should, if, you're really, if, you, if your desire is holding this, it will shake you. And I'm telling you, that's what it does. And so that's the kind of grieving aspect to it. Not the same grieving as, say, like the loss of a loved one, mm -hmm. where you go through this, the different aspects, you know, denial and loneliness and all. The, it's not that kind of grieving, but it is a true sorrowfulness. Mm -hmm. uh, of I've lost holy. If you, I've yeah. lost holiness. Mm -hmm. I, I bet everyone else around the table know that mm -hmm. feeling of, mm -hmm. I have done something that has tainted me. Yeah. And I'll never be. Cause separation. Yeah. Between you and the I can't get back. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, God will forgive me. I know he will mm -hmm. forgive me and he loves me. But I will never for forget it. Mm -hmm. And I will always know this tainted aspect to who I am. Mm -hmm. That's, and I think a big part of heaven for me will be living in a world without that curse. Mm -hmm. So. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. What's in your Bible, yeah. Misty? What's well, in your wallet? It's in your wallet. <laughs> well, I had one here, but it, it was just the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And just think about, you know, when we start your fasting or even before, when we're thinking about praying about what we're going to fast about, how quickly the enemy comes in and, and tries to discourage you. Well, you don't want to get rid of that. Well, you can't do that. It's you not know, that bad. He, Other people ha like yeah. are addicted mm. to that work. Yeah. So let's and so, mm -hmm. And he's a liar. He's a liar. He's and his game plan is to always cause that diversion and cause that division and cause that what got us here in the first place, right? At the end of our ropes, at the end of ourselves is because of the things that he gets in our heads about. And so he kind of comes back again, you know, always. 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 
All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Kelly's going to take us out of here. We'll be back. Uh, I don't know what the next one is. We got service. Six service. Uh, service. Sp- yeah. Different spiritual disciplines. Do you not trust me? I do not. <laughs> all right, y'all have a good one. I'll talk to you later. Bye, guys. You Love you later. all. Thanks so much for listening to Under the Water Tower, a podcast dedicated to honest discussion of the Bible. To donate to this ministry, just go to fmf.life slash give. That's fmf.life slash give. Just a reminder to subscribe to Under the Water Tower on Apple Podcast and Spotify. That way you'll never miss an episode. Help us to spread the word about our podcast by talking about it and sharing it on your social media. Thanks again for joining us. On behalf of Under the Water Tower, I'm Kelly Trapane.